Where's the place that if you doubled down on, you could double your results without necessarily spending all of the extra time. YouTube was amazing. I loved YouTube. I still recommend YouTube for a lot of people. You know, I got great results from YouTube, but the amount of time that went into it, it just wasn't sustainable. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. What would happen to your business if you suddenly weren't able to be there for it? If you suddenly couldn't do the things that you are typically doing to run your business, to generate traffic, to generate leads. If you suddenly had no capacity to show up on social media and share content. Well, that's exactly what happened to my longtime friend, Tara Wagner. She is a mindset and business coach who has been working for herself for well over 10 years, and she's grown her business to be quite a success. But about a year ago, she suddenly was faced with a whole lot of health issues that pulled her away from her business and really limited her capacity. So much so that she chose to completely pull off of social media and stop creating any of that type of content in her business. Now, you might think that that would have completely tanked her business and that she would have seen a huge drop off on the number of leads she was generating, the number of sales she was seeing and even her monthly revenue. But Tara's been really smart about it and she's figured out some strategies for continuing to sustain her business, sustain her revenues, and even grow from there. Now, one of the reasons that I'm sharing this episode with you today is because I know that a lot of the students who are interested in joining 100K Mastermind or even after they join have a concern that they might not be able to take their funnel to $10,000 a month or $100,000 years because their audience is small. And maybe they don't want to become a full-time content creator or have social media become their main job. That doesn't appeal to a lot of people. But I'm here to tell you, and Tara is, too, that there are other ways to generate leads and sales for your business and to grow your funnels in a really sustainable way that don't require you to become a full-time influencer. So with that context, here's my interview with Tara Wagner. Hey there, Tara, and welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here today. I'm so glad to be here and for you to have me here and invite me to this. I'm really excited to chat with you. So I heard recently that you have shifted your business a lot over this last year or so, and that at this point you are not using Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube, or really any social media. And so I wanted to have you on the show today to ask you about this, find out how you're running your business successfully without those things. Tara, to start out, could you tell us a little bit about what led you to make these massive shifts in your business? So I've been in business for 20 years and my first business burned me out really bad. I had to take several years off to 
A, just lick my wounds, <laughs> and B, kind of get things situated again, like reorganize myself. I had to do a ton of mindset work, and I had to do a lot of physical healing because that first business actually created a lot of health conditions that I still live with today, which is why I am so passionate about helping people you know, avoid that in their own business. When I went into my coaching business in 2010, things were going fine for a little while, but those health conditions were slowly starting to catch up with me. And so I started to rearrange my business and really design it in a way that was going to give me time freedom because I was looking into the future saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I was told at the time, you know, you're going to be in a wheelchair, you're going to be on pain meds for the rest of your life. I didn't know what was in my future. And so I wanted to create a business that that was gonna take care of me in the long run. And so I started to design that and it was great, things were going well. Um, and then the, the beginning of last year, I got COVID. The beginning of this year, I got COVID again. And after that, a couple months after that, I got hit really bad with post-COVID syndrome. I had just created a big batch of YouTube videos, like three months worth of YouTube videos. I was so happy to be caught up. I was gonna be working on some other projects in the meantime. And probably about a week later, I got hit with all of the symptoms. It was like my whole body just freaked out all at the same time. I was on bed rest with extreme joint muscle and nerve pain. I couldn't move. I was dealing with headaches. My body was reacting to everything. My nervous system was just in complete freak out mode. I was only able to eat about 10 foods and I was so grateful at the same time because I had created a business that could allow for anything, that could cover me if something happened. And we've had situations over the years where there was a family emergency or we needed to take months off to take care of somebody. And we were able to do that. And here I was in this situation, I'm on bed rest, there's other things I wanna be working on, I wasn't happy about this. But I was so grateful that my business could take care of me. At the same time, it made me realize, okay, you know, I'm only working part-time in my business now. This forced me to say, I don't know how long this is going to last. You know, at first I thought maybe it's just going to be a month or two. It's been quite a bit longer than that now. And it forced me to look at my business and to look at what we were doing in the business and to start shifting things. You know, there was a, a season in my business where YouTube was fantastic for us. I'm so glad that we did that. It's still doing great things for us. But I was faced with the fact that if I get sick again, if something else were to happen, YouTube takes up so much of our week just to put out one video a week that it's just not sustainable. And so it made me take a good long look at the season of business that I'm in and say goodbye to the things from last season and welcome in this new season of really stepping away from more social media, doing some different things. Um, you know, we're still doing some things on social media, but doing them in different ways, um, having my team do some different things so that we're making sure that we're stepping into something that is both sustainable as well as scalable. You know, my brand is all about working less and earning more, working smarter, not harder. Um, and the social media can be such a time consuming avenue. There are some ways you can make them more passive. And that's one of the reasons I love YouTube, for example, because the content is evergreen, but it's easy to get sucked in and to have them consume all of your time. I would love to hear insights you have on how to do this, especially when you're first starting out and your audience is really small. So first of all, give us the big picture 
picture. How are you successfully running your business without social media? Just how is that possible? <laughs> how is your business still making money? I always laugh at this because social media is so freaking new and business is not. My first business, we didn't have social media. I wasn't online. I remember building a website, but you didn't get much through website. Uh, there was other ways of building a business. We hear messages from like Gary Vee that you have to be on every platform and you need to be posting like a hundred times a day and this is the only way to be successful. And I always try to remind people, it is your business, you make the rules. Anything that anybody says you have to do, there are countless examples of people doing the exact opposite and doing it successfully. So social media is not new. It is helpful. It can be great for a lot of businesses, but if you don't love social media, if you can't sustain it, if you're not in a place that it makes sense for your business, for your audience, for you as the business owner or you know your team or whatever the situation might be, there are other options. And so myself personally, the first time I did this and it freaked everybody out was with Twitter about 10 years ago, way before everybody else was quitting Twitter. And I was like, you know what? I don't like Twitter. It's, it's a big echo chamber. Everybody's just going in and like yelling things at each other. And when I realized that, I was just like, if I'm not loving it, my energy's not there. I'm not gonna get any value from it. And so I left Twitter when everybody said, your business has to be on Twitter. I left and it made no impact whatsoever. A couple mm -hmm. years ago, I went through the same thing with Instagram. I used to like Instagram and then I got to a point where I was like, this is not, it doesn't align with my values. It doesn't align with how I wanna build my business. My people aren't here searching for me. It's just not working. There's a lot of energy put into it and the algorithm is really designed in a way that they want you to be online all the time. So if you really love it and you love using the platform, fantastic. But I do not like being online all the time. I live with a lot of health conditions. And so I have to be very mindful of how much time I spend in front of a screen or how much time I spend sitting at a desk. And so a couple years ago, I went off Instagram. Same thing. Everybody's like, you can't leave Instagram. Your business is going to die. Had zero impact on my business. Facebook pages, letting that go, had zero impact on my business. Because there are so many ways to market your business. Social media is the new shiny object. And yes, it, again, it can be great. If somebody loves it and they love a platform and they're having fun with it, like run with it. Just just do what works for you. But it, if, if it is not working for you, if it is burning you out, if it doesn't align with your values, then you get to look at it and say, okay, what are the other ways that I can market my business? Because there are many different ways that I can do this, but I gotta do it in a way that I can sustain. Because if I can't stay in business, if I can't continue to market, I'm I'm helping nobody, including myself. Tara, I couldn't agree more with just even with specifically what you said about different platforms. I refuse to ever get on Twitter. I, you know, I made an account. I tried it out for a, a minute and was like, yeah, I don't like this. Uh, everyone says I have to. I, I don't really think I have to. I'm pretty sure there are other ways I can market my business. And Instagram, same like what you said. I used to like it a little bit. It was 
entertaining at least, you know, and a fun way to create content. And the more I did it, the more I was like, I don't really like how this makes me feel to consume Instagram. And I know lots of people still love Instagram. Um, and the only reason why I still sometimes are like, oh, maybe I want to be on Instagram is because I know that when I was an Instagram user, I loved seeing the content of people who I liked to follow. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to give that to the people. But from a business standpoint, it just doesn't make sense, at least in my business. It does require so much time and energy, like you were saying. Um, and when I looked at the different ways I was marketing my business, the different ways people finding my business, whether that was word of mouth or Google SEO or YouTube or all these different things, Instagram, despite all the time and energy poured into it, it was a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of where I was generating real leads that purchased my products. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that we don't take the time to look at. I know in the clients that I coach, the number of them that don't take the time to look at their numbers and not just their, their numbers in terms of where my clients coming from, but how much time goes into each platform. That's one of the first things that I tell people, you've got to decide what's right for you and for your audience, right? There's no cookie cutter answer. I don't care who's selling what, they're always going to say it's the best option because it was the best option for them. And it could mm -hmm. be the best option for you, but you've got to do your own audit. You've got to look to see where did the majority of my sales come from? How much time goes into that platform? And there's that 80-20 rule, right? 80% of your efforts are probably bringing in, or excuse me, 20% of your efforts are probably bringing in 80% of the results. So where's the place that if you double down on, you could double your results without necessarily spending all of the extra time. We were spending so much time on Instagram and on all these different things. YouTube, YouTube was amazing. I loved YouTube. I still recommend YouTube for a lot of people. You know, I got great results from YouTube, but the amount of time that went into it, it just wasn't sustainable. So making mm -hmm. sure if, if anybody is like, how do I know? That's the first thing that I would say, audit your time, audit your return and, and see what actually is making sense. Can you double down on something that takes you less time, but gives you more results? So when you did that audit in your own business, what were some of the results that you found? Where, what were your biggest and most efficient lead generators? So my biggest lead gener generator was YouTube. It was mm -hmm. hands down brought in probably 80% of what we were doing, but because it took so much time and energy, it just wasn't something that, that I could sustain no matter how great it was. And that's mm -hmm. where you, sometimes we get to make those hard decisions of like, yes, this is good. This is working, but I can't scale it. I can't do more. Mm -hmm. There's only so many videos that you can create. There's only so much content that you can create. You've got to bring in avenues that are going to be scalable and sustainable. And that makes sense. Like you were saying earlier, if someone tells you there's only one way, well, you should question that because there isn't only one way, right? That's not to say that that way that they are telling you is the only way doesn't work. It quite possibly does work. It's just that it's not the only way. So this is a great kind of example of that, although it's a, like a little bit different, right? YouTube was working for you, but that still doesn't mean it's the only way. So since you've had these health issues that you've had to deal with, had to cut back on your working hours. What have you shifted to in terms of lead generation? What strategies are working for you now? Let me back up a little bit and explain something mm -hmm. just to make it simple. The first thing that I always help people to understand is there's only three things you're ever choosing when it comes to marketing. The first is content. So that's social media, that's YouTube, that's blogs, that's podcasts. 
you know, any sort of content marketing. It has a lot of pros and cons to it, but it, again, it's only one avenue. The other avenue is what I call connections. Connections can be anything from uh, referrals. This could be referrals from your clients and customers. This could be referrals from other professionals. This could be um, getting onto podcasts like this, right? So this is one of the things that we started stepping into, going to other audiences instead of working so much sometimes against the algorithm to bring an audience to us. Another part of connections is just actually getting out there and talking to your clients, getting in circles where your clients are, you know, offering support. Basically, it's the old school networking. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with it because it puts you out there in a very vulnerable way. A lot of people are comfortable with social media or with content creation because it's much it's it's less scary, right? You're putting mm -hmm. something out there, but chances are if people don't like you, they're not going to find the content. If they do find the content, maybe you get a troll comment every once in a while, especially if you're on YouTube. But for the most part, they're only going to comment if if it was positive or they had a question or there was some sort of support. And so that sort of attraction marketing, it kind of keeps us in our comfort zone a little bit. We don't have mm -hmm. to face rejection. We don't have to talk to another person and risk messing anything up. So it's really safe and really comfortable. And there's other benefits to it as well. Like, like you know, you know, YouTube can continue working for you for years. That's why I originally built on YouTube was, okay, I know with my health conditions, I am not going to be able to create content forever. Let's create content on a platform that continues to work for me, that continues to you know, promote that, that content for me, even if mm -hmm. I need to take a break from it. Yeah. And I'm sure that even though you haven't been posting on YouTube for the last, is it a year now, a full year? Our content ran out the end of June. So it's about half a okay. year, a little over half a year. I'm sure you're still yeah. seeing traffic and leads coming in from that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then the third thing that you do, so it's connections, it's content. The third one is ads right? And as soon as you can get out there, and I think this is a scary one because it is an investment. It can be a learning curve. There can be some very expensive mistakes, but I think that it is one of the most important because it's the most scalable, right? As soon as you find an ad that works, you know, if I put a dollar in, I'm going to get more than a dollar back. Great. Let's bump this up. Let's invest in that. It doesn't take any of your time and it can bring something mm -hmm. in. And then, um, the only content that we're really focusing on right now is email content. So once people come in, we're communicating with them through email. And some of that is email automations and some of that is newsletters. It feels more like connection than content because you're going right to a person. You're able to talk mm -hmm. directly to them. You're able to build a relationship. I'm really careful about replying to every email that I can, you know, answering every question that I can, really offering as much value as possible. And that for me has been much more sustainable in part because of my personality. Like I'm, I'm kind of an, an extroverted ambivert. So I like being able to really connect with people and have those conversations. And so that's what we've been doing since then is focusing on connections, focus because it fills my cup, focusing on ads because it's scalable. And I'm glad you listed ads last uh, because I 
I think it's always best to start with those other two strategies, not because they're necessarily better than ads, but because you learn so much more through the connections and through the responses you see to your content. And then you're able to take what you learned there and not have to learn when it comes to ads. It's not that you can't learn with ads. It's just that it's a lot more expensive when you're learning with ads. So I think it's always good to start with the other two things um, and see those real reactions from people and do it on the cheap, you know, organically. And then once you have something that you know is working, then you can take it to the ads and the learning curve will be a lot less deep. There still always is a little bit of a learning curve. You know, you'll still waste a little bit of money at the beginning, but you can waste a whole lot less and be gambling a whole lot less. Absolutely. We we are definitely still testing and experimenting and learning and, and all of that. But uh, but I 100% agree with you. It's the reason that ads generally come last is unless you already know what you are doing, unless this is not your first rodeo, not your first business, unless you know that your um, sales funnels are already converting, then it doesn't make sense to do ads. It makes sense for most people. I tell them to actually start with connections because mm-hmm. that is closest to cash. It is easier to sell one-to-one than one-to-many because you generally are you know, sitting there right there with them, able to answer their questions, able to make sure that this is the right fit for them. And so doing that usually up until, depending on the business, obviously, but you can do that up until five, 10, 20 K months sometimes, depending on what you're doing. And then you start getting into, I call it the way that I describe it is buckets versus pipelines. Have you ever heard the analogy of buckets versus pipelines? I don't know if I've heard it that way. So the way that it was taught to me was to imagine a guy whose job is to go to the river and bring water to the village every day. The closest to cash thing that he can do is fill up buckets and haul them back and forth. Obviously, it's not scalable, right? Connections are not as scalable Mm -hmm. as something else. But you do it because it's closest to cash. It's going to pay the bills. If you're a really smart bucket hauler, what you're doing is you're hauling a certain number of buckets every day or every week, and then you're building a pipeline in the background. And a pipeline is like, all right, I'm gonna start building this this pipe from the river to the village. It's gonna make the villagers happy because now the water's gonna be inexpensive, it's gonna be colder, it's gonna be faster. It's gonna make my back happy because I'm not hauling buckets anymore. But the problem with a pipeline is that it's slow to build. And most Mm -hmm. content, is slow to build. It takes time in the beginning, unless you, you know, something pops off really fast and you blow up, your channel blows up or your account blows up. Chances are it's gonna take some time to build. It's gonna take some time to really be able to turn on that pipeline and see the results from what you've built. So you haul the buckets, it teaches you a ton. You get to talk to your people all the time, just like what you were saying. You learn so much. You get really good at you know, understanding how to describe things to people and understanding the words that they use and what they're really needing. And then you start creating pipelines using that knowledge so that those things can continue to work without you. And content can be a pipeline, right? YouTube continues to run without us. That's great. It's a pipeline. Ads can be a pipeline. No pipeline is 100% hands-off. It's important. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't believe in passive income. I believe in residual income and I believe in uh, semi-passive income, but nothing is passive if you want it to continue to grow and expand without you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so just making sure that you are turning on the pipeline and then maintaining that pipeline so that 
you have a more sustainable business. There's always going to be at least a little bit of maintenance required. And if you want to continue to grow things, it's always going to be a little bit more hands-on. You can't passively grow things. Exactly. Not unless you have a really great team who can do it all without your help. <laughs> Hashtag goals. That's what we're all working towards. Yeah. And I've, I've never heard of a team, no matter how good they are, that just runs without you completely. You know, like there's always going to be at least yeah, management exactly. required, a little bit of turnover, that, those sorts of issues to deal with. So, you know, a question that I imagine some of the listeners might have around this topic is, or maybe just a concern is this doesn't sound like it's going to be able to grow my audience as much as if I really hustle and grind and, you know, put in the hours on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, you know, like they might be thinking like, I'm pretty sure I could get more followers if I do post on TikTok. But you know, what is so important about this is that when you are focused on these strategies of connection and content, and you're prioritizing those way over those mass marketing strategies, those social media marketing strategies, the connections are so much deeper that your audience can be so yeah. much smaller and make you so much more money. Yeah. You can have millions of followers yeah. on TikToks and be making squat diddly, really. Uh, and exactly. So those numbers, they vanity numbers. It's so much more valuable to have a few yeah. hundred really deep connections with the right people. I 100% agree. You can't, and this is what I don't think a lot of people understand. It takes such little energy to sell one-to-one, -one, right? So depending on what your business is, how many sales do you need to make in a month? Figure that out. It is going to be easier to sell to, you know, 50 people if you're having those conversations. You're not going to get 50 sales necessarily if you're talking to a big, gigantic crowd unless you know what you're doing. That skill can be developed, but generally the people who are really good at selling to a crowd got good by selling one-to-one. -one. They started mm -hmm. to understand their clients that were sitting right in front of them. They understood the language that they were using, the needs that they had, and then they transferred those things over. So how many sales do you actually need in a month? Like know those numbers, break that down for yourself. If you're selling something that is $50 a month, you need a lot of sales. Content might be helpful in that situation. It might also be really, really difficult. You may need to actually update your, your offers versus changing how you're advertising. You may need to do something that is more scalable. Generally, when somebody's getting started, if they're in an information-based business, a service-based business, um, they're doing coaching, they're, you know, anything like that, Generally, you want to start with the high ticket stuff because it is easier to sell one person a five to $10,000 package than it is to sell 100 people a $50 package. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about what those connection systems look like in your business. So I don't do a ton of connections anymore. The big ones that I'm doing right now are podcasts, connecting with other amazing people like you. Uh, so for me, the systems behind that are, are basically reaching out to people, doing the follow-up, connecting with people, getting on these conversations, having great conversations, and then sharing that, promoting that, you know, like we do. Connections in terms of, you know, if somebody were, let's say, a service provider, a personal trainer, a dog groomer, a coach, a plumber even. If you were a local service-based business, this is the easiest business to build, in my opinion. 
It could look like going around to other businesses, introducing yourself and just saying, hey, I do this, you do this, I figured we should know each other. It can look like getting into Facebook groups and not just spamming groups, not just spamming people's inboxes, nobody likes that, but getting into those groups and leaving strategic comments, comments that let them know who you are, let them know your credibility, let them know that you actually have value to offer, offering that value right there. Like in terms of, when I say offer the value, I mean actually provide value in your comment, um, invite them to be able to connect more with you in other places. Um, or to connect one-on-one -on -one with you if they want to know more. So it can look like a lot of different things. Um, referral programs is really important. You can do affiliate programs depending on what kind of business. It really will depend on the business. There's never one cut and dry thing that somebody's gonna do, but it's always a matter of looking at the different options and then figuring out, okay, how do I apply this in my business? What do I do to make this a good fit for me? How do I tweak and change this to make it sustainable for me? All of those things to ensure that you, you're doing what works for you. Absolutely. Well, Tara, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today in this episode. As you know, you've really just spoken to how possible it is to run a business without the hustle and grind of social media social media is a tool it can be a great way to connect with people yes. it can be a platform for content it can be used strategically but that doesn't mean that we have to follow the rules of posting every single day or even every single week in order to yeah. work with the algorithm and get the algorithm to give us the results we want we can go after those results and get them in a much more direct way so thank you so much for anyone Absolutely. who wants to connect with you further how and where can they do that yeah, so actually I would love to be able to offer people a checklist. So as a lifelong business owner myself, I know what it's like to fall so deep into the weeds of your business that not only are you burning out, you can't find your way out. Burnout often feels like that big tangled ball of Christmas lights, right? In the Christmas vacation movie, like you pull it out of the box and you look at this mess or you look at this complex situation like social media or marketing or what should I be doing? And you just wanna throw the whole thing away because it feels impossible to unravel. So what I actually did was I designed a free download that simplifies that process. It's called the Reversing Small Business Burnout Checklist. You can get it at exotara.us slash checklist. What this is, is it shows you how to unravel your own messy ball of burnout. It points out any of the hidden areas that are often contributing to it. So it's not just content creation. There's a lot of different areas that could be contributing to it. And it lists solutions to those problems in order of priority so that you're focusing on the biggest impact first. You're regaining your time. You're regaining your sanity faster. And the best part is it just takes a couple minutes to fill it out and find those solutions. So anybody can grab that at exotara.us slash checklist. It sounds like a great resource. I'll make sure we include a link to it in the show notes. And thank you again, Tara. This has been fantastic. And I so appreciate your time and your wisdom that you shared with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you're ready to build a 100K funnel on your own, then now is the time to take action. Check the show notes for the link or visit gillianperkins.com slash 100K for all the program details and to enroll for our next 100K Mastermind cohort.
I'm really hoping you decide to join us because I cannot wait to show you how to build your first 100K funnel so that you can finally say goodbye to those lackluster launches and hello to consistent passive income. I know you can do this. So head to gillianperkins.com slash 100K right now to find out how we can make it happen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.